This is Millennial Meditations, a reflective podcast about life and self-improvement. At the end of the day, emotional innovation for me is about establishing new values in order to reclaim aspects of the human experience that are being jeopardized by our obsession with technology. Hi everyone, I'm Greg, and this is the third episode of Millennial Meditations. If you haven't listened to this podcast before, I suggest checking out the first episode. It's an introduction episode where I talk more about the podcast, why I'm doing it, where it's going to go. Yeah, it might be helpful with you in understanding what this is all about. So check it out now or after this podcast. It's up to you. In today's episode, we'll be exploring emotional innovation. In particular, we'll be looking at how our obsessive relationship with technology and social media is distracting us from a more important interior relationship that we have with our humanity. Humanity can refer to mankind itself, but in this instance, I'm referring to the virtue of humanity. Humanity as a virtue is simply understood as three strengths, love, kindness, and social intelligence. So when we talk about our humanity, what we are referring to is our capacity to love, to be kind, and ultimately to be socially intelligent. On that note, let's get started. Let's explore emotional innovation. What does it mean to innovate? According to my handy dictionary, to innovate means the following. Make changes in something established, especially by introducing new methods, ideas, or products. Technological innovation therefore refers to changes in established technology that involve new methods of production and new ideas. The result of technological innovation is, in theory, a better quality of life. For example, innovations in agriculture and food delivery systems mean that today billions of people are fed by a small percentage of the world's population. Agricultural innovation has freed us up to pursue other things such as engineering, science and the creative arts. This in turn has led to the innovation in those fields and and so on. It goes without saying that technological innovation has immeasurably improved quality of life across the world. And for the record, I don't want to take away from that achievement. So if technological innovation refers to changes in established technology that involve new methods of production and new ideas, then it stands to reason that emotional innovation could be defined along similar lines. Technological innovation involves two things, new ideas and new ways of making the technology. In other words, new ideas and new methods of creation. However, creating technology and creating emotions are two very different processes. Creating technology involves taking objects and doing things with them, heating them up, combining them, reshaping them, etc., This doesn't happen with emotions. So the question is, what then produces emotions? 
The answer to this is strikingly simple. Emotions are not created by methods of production. We can't heat up curiosity and reshape irritation to produce joy. Uh, emotions just don't work like that. Emotions are simply produced according to one's values. Values create emotions. For example, if you value your family, you experience positive emotions in their company. If you value your health and exercise, you experience positive emotions when you go hiking. If you don't value your health and exercise, a hike up a mountain will likely create negative emotions like frustration or impatience or you get the idea. If we apply this to a definition of emotional innovation, we could then say the following. Emotional innovation refers to changes in established emotions that involve new values and new ideas. Let me say that again. Emotional innovation refers to changes in established emotions that involve new values and new ideas. I hope you understand how we arrived at this definition. We started by defining innovate, then we used that to, to demonstrate what technological innovation is, and then we used that definition to create a definition for emotional innovation. So the two run parallel, they're just slightly different. It's important that we're on the same page about this, because for the rest of the podcast, I'm going to talk with this definition of emotional innovation in mind. Okay, so before I go on, I just want to say it one more time, just to make sure. Emotional innovation refers to changes in established emotions that involve new values and ideas. Okay, so just as technological innovation leads to technology that makes life better, emotional innovation should, in theory, in the same way, lead to emotions that make life better. I mean, it stands to reason that that's what would happen. Now, you may be thinking, hold on a second, doesn't technological innovation do just that? Doesn't innovative technology result in emotions that make our lives better? The answer to that is 10% yes and 90% no. Let me explain. You see, when we experience technological innovation, for example, the release of the first iPhone, there is an initial stage, let's call it the honeymoon stage, where the new technology makes us feel amazing. It produces emotions that are overwhelmingly positive. Maybe it's because we're able to save time or because the, the technology is more efficient or because the technology simply delights us in some way or another. The bottom line is that new technology makes us think that life is better because of it. But like in a relationship with a person, the honeymoon stage we experience with technological innovation always comes to an end. Why? Well, we're human. We are masters of adaptation. The end of the honeymoon stage is the natural consequence of familiarity with the technology we initially loved. 
this is where things get really interesting. After the honeymoon stage comes to an end, innovative technology starts to have a different effect on us. Instead of producing positive emotions, it starts to simply maintain our new emotional equilibrium. In other words, it doesn't make us happier. It just stops us from being sad or being irritated or upset. It keeps us in neutral, so to speak. It does this until new technology is released and the cycle starts all over again. This happens across the board, whether it's with phones, computers, cars or financial systems. The problem persists. If we consider the values that produce the positive emotions we experience with innovative technology, it all begins to make a little more sense. So what are those values behind our obsession with new technology exactly? Well, in my opinion, the values that innovative technology speaks to are status and the promise of a better life. These values can be traced back to the Industrial Revolution, a time which dramatically demonstrated how technology could make life better. As a result, we have come to value technology more than anything else on the planet. It's almost like a new religion, like with its own set of rituals, prayers, traditions. I mean, think of it this way. Steve Jobs is almost like a modern-day Christ-like figure who gave himself up for the benefit of mankind. And in a way, he lives on very much like a spiritual entity. You know, it's like instead of wearing a crucifix, you have an iPhone. Or instead of, you know, rubbing your rosary beads, you log into Facebook. It's all, there's this religious fervor with with technology. And, you know, if you think about the sort of cultural and, um, you know, social, spiritual code, um that has been passed down to us from previous generation, previous generations, you know, it makes sense. This relationship that we have with technology, it makes sense because we, we, you know, we, we naturally enjoy this, this sense of spectacle and, and awe. And I think that that's what um, technology has done. It, it, it's replaced that sense of spectacle and awe that, that religion used to provide. I mean, that's just one, that's just one view. Now, again, I don't want to take away from what technology has done for billions of people around the world. I'll be the first to acknowledge that technology has totally changed the lives of millions of people and and continues to do so every single day. What concerns me, though, is that despite the incredible technology we have access to today, and, and I'm talking across the board, I'm talking about you know, our ability to communicate with people across the world, uh, with video, uh, our ability to order um, an Uber, our ability to fly anywhere we want, our ability to essentially just live these ultra convenient lives. Um, I think that, you know, despite despite us being able to do that and you know, live these incredibly convenient lives, suffering still seems to persist. And this is, this is why I'm, I'm concerned. Now, of course, it's certainly not the kind of suffering that we could compare to the suffering of our ancestors. You know, they had to deal with cave raids and war and famine and terrible, terrible things. You know, our, our modern day suffering is, is a lot different. But 
that said, the relativity of the human experience means that our modern day suffering is still deeply, deeply troubling to us. So perhaps you're thinking to yourself, okay, so what? Suffering's a part of life. It's natural. Is there any cause for concern? Can't we just keep using technology and, you know, kind of it, we'll, we'll get through this and then things will be fine. And I don't really think so. You see, while I agree that suffering is indeed a, a part of life, you know, very much um, in accordance with what the, the Buddhists believe, um, while I while I agree that it's part of life and it's to be expected, I just I don't think we are coping with suffering very very well. And I say this because I, I say this because we I think we're looking to technology to solve the mystery of our interior stories. Our obsession with technology is blinding us from alternative ways of being in the world, alternative ways of processing information of engaging with each other and of engaging with ourselves. You know what so the question is what are we missing out on? You know we're 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 constantly engaged in this relationship with technology. And because technology only offers us brief fleeting respite, it's simply not a sustainable way of engaging with our inner turmoil. I mean, the, the Facebook feed to me, the endless scroll of Facebook, it's just, it's soul destroying. And that, and that feed, that, that endless feed is really a, a microcosm to me of, of the broader relationship that we have with technology. It's, it's like a bucket with a hole in it. You know, no matter how much water you put in it, it, it will always end up empty. And this is a problem because we don't want empty buckets. We want buckets that are full of life, of, of presence, peace of mind and fulfillment. We want to wake up in the morning and feel excited feel joyful not all the time that's that's not realistic but centered grounded hopeful at least so how do we fill our buckets how do we fill ourselves with experiences and not let them go to waste not let them flow through us and into oblivion I'm going to keep using this bucket metaphor, by the way, because I think it works quite well here. So just, just bear with me. Okay, so in order to make sure that our buckets don't end up empty, we have to make sure that they can hold whatever we put in them, right? And that means plugging the hole at the bottom. But this will be a compromise. Because if we're going to seal our buckets. If we're going to get to a point where we refuse or, or, or put a stop to what we're experiencing, then we won't be in a position to receive more water. We won't be in a position to receive more experiences. We'll have to, we'll have to actually say, you know, I don't want any more water for the time being, or I don't want to experience anything more. If you think of water 
as social media or technology here, maybe this metaphor uh, is, will make more sense to you. You see, I think we're, we're, we really are like buckets. We can only hold so much before, you know, the contents begins to overflow. And so if we aren't sealed, that is, if we have a void within us where experiences and memories disappear into oblivion, if they just overflow and, you know, spill out, then it's only a matter of time before we feel empty. Like empty buckets. Now, maybe some people enjoy that onslaught of experience and sensations that technology and social media provide. Maybe some people don't feel, um, you know, don't feel anxiety or, or feelings of depression when they engage with this stuff. But I think a lot of us do. And my point here is, even if you are in a space where you, you know, you ha- you're living a great life and you're very positive and you have a very healthy relationship with technology, what, what I think what I'm what I'm trying to get get at is a is a broader sort of societal obsession with technology, which is distracting us from a relationship with ourselves. So I just want to remind you that that's kind of how how I how I. Um, understand this problem you know when i think of someone who's totally obsessed with technology and you know really kind of you know overwhelmed with it or but not necessarily aware of being overwhelmed just sort of taking it all on and and kind of going with it because they think it's normal the image that i have in my mind is someone standing in a powerful river collecting water trying to get the entire river into a tiny bucket but not realizing that their bucket has been broken and that all the water is rushing straight through i think emotional innovation is the solution to this problem i think emotional innovation is the plug that we can use to seal the holes and the cracks in ourselves so that experiences, so that, so that life itself doesn't flow through us and, and into oblivion, but, but flows in us and then remains there and then is internalized and, and ultimately affects us positively, creates feelings of fulfillment, positive emotion, joy, optimism. Okay, so how? How could emotional innovation do that? Well, by emotionally innovating ourselves, I think we can shift our values. Remember, emotional innovation means, you know, creating new new emotions um, or enhanced emotions um, by using new values and new ideas. So we could shift our values and our ideas so that we choose to rather fill our buckets according. And and when I say buckets here, obviously you understand. I mean ourselves. We could. F- rather fill our buckets according to the size of the, of, the, of the buckets rather than the size of the river. I hope you understand what, what, I'm, what I'm getting at with this metaphor. I, I get, I, what I'm saying is that, you know, the, the, the river is life. And I think that technology and social media, and particularly the internet, it makes us, 
it, it, it inflates our, our, our sense of, of what we're capable of. It inflates our sense of what we're capable of consuming, of experiencing. And so we are very much like people standing in, a, in, in this very powerful river, being overwhelmed, but not necessarily being aware of it. And finding ourselves with empty buckets at the end of the day. So I think that if, if we choose to value our parameters and appreciate our individual capabilities and our unique relationships with the world, with our friends, family, and ourselves, we'll be satisfied with the experiences that fill us up. We, we, we'll, we'll be able to, to, to appreciate what we have. We'll be able to walk away from the river knowing that we have enough, knowing that we are fulfilled with, with, the, with what we have. I mean, this is an abstract metaphor, and I'm and I'm trying my best to articulate it, and I, I hope I'm making sense here. I think what what I'm trying to get at, get at really is this idea that, to me, fulfillment, positive emotion, you know, it, it's about being happy with what you have. It's about appreciating what you have, and if we value, in a technological innovation if we value something new something more out there all the time it, we lose touch with 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 our immediate experience emotional innovation involves complex ideas i certainly need to spend more time going over the concepts i've discussed my arguments need polishing and in general I just need to revise a great deal of what I've of what I've talked about today. But of course that's why I'm making this podcast. You know, I I plan on 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 developing these ideas further through this medium. I hope though that I have established at least an interest in th- this concept or at least I've demonstrated how this concept um, could be used. At the end of the day, emotional innovation for me is about establishing new values in order to reclaim aspects of the human experience that are being jeopardized by our obsession with technology. And of course, maybe, you know, this won't work for people. Maybe to some people this sounds, this sounds crazy. But for me, personally, I, I, I've practiced this and, and I found that it's, it's really made a difference. It's made a difference in my well-being, in the way that I experience each day. And I think, I think what motivates me with this is, is, is this idea, is this particular um, this particular idea. Let, let me explain. So, imagine if imagine if you, right, could be transported back five thousand years into the into into our history, right? Five thousand years into the past, or imagine that you could be, you know, flung forward into the future, a thousand years, two thousand years from now. Assuming that we're here, still here, then. I'm fascinated by the question. You know, what would I what would I have to value today? to be able to connect to someone back then? 
Or what would I have to value today to be able to connect to someone in the future, a thousand years from now, two thousand years from now? And if you know, if you're someone who's totally and utterly defined by present day culture, if you're totally and utterly defined by technology that we have today, which has only been around for a fraction, a fraction of our, of our, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of our total human history, it, you know, if you're completely defined by those things, essentially you have nothing in common with our ancestors. You have nothing in common with our, with our. Um, with with future generations to come, with people who are going to live in the future. Now, maybe you maybe that doesn't bother you, but but as a human being, I I, I find it deeply exciting to 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 think that 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 I could could value things now that would connect me across space and time to to other humans that have existed before and will exist after me. You know, if you look at our bodies, our bodies have evolved to 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 endure life. They've and they've evolved in such a way that they can protect us from diseases. Or you know, we have we have um, we have uh, tough skin on the bottom of our feet to protect us from getting sores. Things like that. Our bodies have evolved, and in a very very similar way, our our cultures and our our, our spiritual um, DNA has evolved as well, just as much as our bodies have. And they've evolved to survive and they've evolved, you know, in, in, in response to the environment. And I think, and I think what's so bizarre about being alive today is that we, we live in a time of, of un, where, where our, where our, our cultural and, you know, spiritual DNA, our, our emotional DNA is 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 very much at odds with with this unprecedented um, digital realm that we find ourselves in. You know, um, yeah. I mean, th- this is this is a whole podcast in and of itself. Anyways, uh, so so you know, I think it's an interesting question. Ask yourself, you know, what do I value now that would connect me to someone in the future? And would those values also be able to connect me to someone in 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 in, in the past? You know, um, and I think these are these these would be basic things. These would be, you know, valuing valuing nature, valuing valuing being barefoot <laughs> um, on on grass from time to time, valuing your family, your friends, having a relationship with yourself, uh, being conscious of and aware of space, and you know, very simple, simple, simple things. And I think that the the idea is that this isn't a solution. It's not going to like solve the, the 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 problems we face. But I certainly think that this is a step in the right direction. It's 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 a way of being of being more grounded in the world and feeling more f- fulfilled. It's a way of 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 ensuring that our buckets don't run dry at the end of a day. that at the end of the day we at least fill them with some of life's basic elements
I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. It was really interesting for me to put this together. It was also very challenging, if I'm honest. I was dealing with complicated ideas and at times I felt like I was tripping over myself, you know, intellectually and, you know, I mean, these are, these are complex ideas and, and it's a challenge to articulate them well. At the very least, I hope that I've inspired you to re-examine your relationship with technology and I hope that I've also inspired you to think about this concept of emotional innovation and reassessing values and looking at values as, you know, things that can really impact our experience of the world, of people, of ourselves. You've been listening to Millennial Meditations, a brand new podcast hosted, recorded, and produced by me, Greg Bucker. Music by Jason Barty. You can find him at soundcloud.com forward slash Jason Barty. That's B-A-R-T-Y. Thanks so much for tuning in. Chat soon.